ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Tuesday, August 30th edition. It is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. We're here until 6 o'clock. We will get your phone calls in and your text. The phone line is 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Our text line this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We have got Charles Huff today, first week of game week media get-togethers. The presser was today. And I've got some of the highlights from that. We're going to hear from Coach as we get set for Norfolk State. Also on the program is going to be Tony Kemper, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. So he joins me in about 20 minutes or so. We'll talk to him. There's some uh, new additions to Marshall University Department as far as women's teams concerned. So we're going to have Coach on talk about that. And as I mentioned, text and phone calls, we do that as we get closer to game day. I'm still trying to find out, are you excited? I haven't felt the excitement from you yet. So today's your day. Prove me wrong. I, I don't think you're excited. I don't think you're in that game day mode just yet. I, I don't believe it. So prove me wrong. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Maybe you're just saving it for Saturday, whatever the case may be. we got a good one coming up on Saturday as Marshall takes on Norfolk State. Now, yesterday, we've got some good news and some bad news for Marshall men's soccer. The good news is that Milo Yosef is the Offensive Player of the Week in the Sun Belt. So Marshall tabbing or nabbing, uh, hey, it's a Player of the Week award in the Sun Belt. Let's, let's get more of those, right? So Milo Yosef. He got a hat trick in that 5 nothing shutout of VCU. 5-0, I'm sorry, for the soccer purist. He got on the board quickly, and he had eight shots, five were on goal. It was 67 minutes of play for him, and he started off the season with a lot of offense. Now, he makes player of the week, and that comes out today. Yesterday, the game was ended due to rain, weather, lightning. Marshall fell 1-0 to the Butler Bulldogs. Butler improved to 2-0. This was in Indianapolis yesterday. I was trying to follow along with this thing, and, and the weather was keeping this from really being played. It was a strange game because if you look at the statistics, Marshall dominated this game. You look at the stats and not the scores. Look at the stats and you think to yourself, well, Marshall won this game. No way that Marshall lost this game. Just the one goal that goes in is the one that Butler put on goal. And so the Thundering Herd falling. Coach Grassy was – I mean, he recognized that, hey – Marshall won this game on every account except the score. 
So now the herd's got to get ready and bounce back and take on Pitt. Pitt beat West Virginia. Pitt is for real. So Pitt beating West Virginia. Now we'll take on Marshall. Marshall gets to entertain Pitt, so that should be an exciting contest. Hopefully Marshall can bounce back because if Marshall can get that win, then you look at this Butler loss and go, okay, that was kind of fluky. Weather kind of messed it up a little bit. Not that that's an excuse, but still. You can look at that as like, okay, yeah, that's one Marshall shouldn't have lost. Marshall lost it, bounced back, took on Pitt. Pitt's really good, though. We're going to find out more about them as Marshall and Pitt will match up later this week. It's going to be, I think, an exciting contest for Thundering Herd soccer fans. So that's what's happening as far as the soccer team is concerned. A player of the week in the offensive side. Offensive player of the week. Yeah, that's great. You'll take that. Start start racking up some Sunbelt plaques. And then you lose last night. Disappointing loss. And, again, this is why I think Marshall should be excited that at least the television package is way better because this game was on Flow Sports. And Flow Sports is not exactly obscure, but it it's not mainstream compared to, say, ESPN+. Plus. So... The game is completely accessible when it's on ESPN+. Plus. If you've got the subscription, and I'm sure some of you do, you bundle that with Disney+, Plus, you bundle that with Hulu, and you're golden. You're good to go. So yesterday was definitely not the most uh, enjoyable experience trying to follow along with the herd. Of course, the weather delays did not help that. I'm hoping for a nice bounce back for Chris Grassy and his squad. I'm also hoping that we see a lot of people on the West lot on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to. On Saturday, just seeing all of you again on the stage. I'll be there before our musical entertainment, Thunder's Three. Hopefully that's going to be rocking. And there's a lot of excitement with an opening game. There's a lot of excitement with players, coaching, you know, finally get to hit someone else. You get to coach against someone else. You don't have to try to coach against yourself. You know, no more mock games, no more scrimmages, no more, you know, same offense against the same defense. You're hitting somebody else. You're preparing for someone else. And so we're going to hear from Coach Huff on that in a few minutes. He is excited about the season. The opponent is Norfolk State as we learn a little bit more about them. Uh, one name to keep. Uh, an eye on Saturday will be their running back, J.J. Davis. He's pretty good. The one thing about Davis is he was named to the Black College Player of the Year watch list. That's a pretty nice list to be on. Also, he has got a lot of respect from... Well, he's considered one of the best in the division, in the conference, and he's one to watch out for with the Black College Players of the Year watch list. So he's someone that's going to get Herd's attention. Coach Huff, being a running back guy, he already is aware. Plus, there's a little history there. Coach has, uh, has gone up against Norfolk State before. He joked around that... Uh, he, he really can't talk about some of his uh, memories, the NCAA. He was joking around about some of his, his moments there 
Uh, he, he joked about whatever it was called back then. Hey, if you do this, you'll get McDonald's. You know, so he was having some good time here. But uh, this uh, sounds like it's going to be a fun game, at least for Coach on Saturday. Hopefully, it's going to be a fun game for Herd fans. And Marshall gets the win, and we get a good, entertaining game before the Herd gets ready for Notre Dame. But that is next week with Notre Dame. This week, it's Norfolk State. We're going to talk about that with Coach Huff. We're also going to hear from Tony Kemper. So that's our show today. Your phone calls and your texts are welcome as well. The text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Coach Huff coming up when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, August 30th edition. The Drive continues on here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Tuesdays are our time to get together with Marshall football coach Charles Huff. Find out what he's thinking as the opponent this week. It's the season opener. It's the home opener as well. It's Marshall versus Norfolk State. Coach Huff is excited about the season. I think you should be as well. We haven't seen football in a while uh, in a new league with the Sun Belt being the new home for the Thundering Herd. So there's a lot to be optimistic about. But really, you don't even get into the Sun Belt until the non-conference side of the schedule is done. And to get to the Sun Belt, you got to start with Norfolk State. And, Coach, just talked a little bit in, in general terms about just being excited. We're now here at the start of the season. Season opener, um, a lot of excitement across the board, um, players, fans, community, administration. Um, it's going to be a new team. And I told them when we first started camp that this team was going to have an opportunity to create their own identity. Um, the 2021 team did some phenomenal things. Um, grew, you know, made some mistakes, did some positive things, um, but that team is gone. Um, there are some players back, um, but everybody's a year older. Everybody's a year older. Everybody's a year wiser. Um, for my second year in a row, this will be the same systems um, pretty much across the board, offense, defense, special teams. We've had some turnover in staff, um, but the core system and verbiage and philosophies have stayed pretty much the same. So, um, it'll be a great opportunity for the 2022 team to come out and create their own identity and defend it every week. Coach has talked about that, creating identity, creating your own mark. And he points that out a lot, that, hey, whatever happened last year, that was last year. This team, if it failed in some aspects, that's last year's team. If it succeeded in some aspects – that's last year's team. Now, a lot of that can carry over, and you can build upon that, but that was still last year's team. So that's sort of the, the, the feeling we're getting from Coach. He, he stresses that a lot, that whatever happens, that was last year's team. This is a new team, new expectations, new goals. Some veteran guys on the team, some people have gone through it with him, but this is still a new team. So you're going to hear that often from Coach. And Coach has got some experience with Norfolk State. He's played against them. He knows the program well. I mean, not specifically as it regards to this current rendition of Norfolk State. He has, however, familiarity with the years. You know, when he was a player with Nor, you know, against Norfolk State, 
Coach talked about that familiarity. He talked about those experiences. And this is a good team. I, It's coach speak, right? He's not going to come out and say, this is a terrible team. We should throttle them by 50. Coach talked about Norfolk State, and this is going to be a good challenge for the Thundering Herd. Really formidable opponent. I have some history with them from my playing days um, back at Hampton. Um, things have changed a little bit since I was playing them, but uh, Coach Odom's doing a phenomenal job with them. They've got a lot of really good players. Um, the one that probably stands out is their uh, running back, who's the preseason conference player of the year. And, and as I told the guys yesterday, they don't just hand that award out. You know, you have to um, you have to earn that. Um, so we respect them. Uh, for us, it's 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 about the opportunity. Um, our focus is on us. Our focus is on how well we can prepare. Um, how hard can we play on Saturday afternoon, and then how well do we execute? And I think if we can keep that focus, then the helmet logo won't change our preparation. It won't change how we approach each week. Um, it won't change how we play uh, throughout the season. One player to keep an eye on is J.J. Davis. He's a running back. He's a sophomore. He's a player who gets a lot of notoriety because he's talented. He was already named the preseason MEAC Offensive Player of the Year. He's also part of the preseason HBCU All-American team. He's the Rookie of the Year. He led the MEAC in rushing with 887 yards. That is the most by a Norfolk State player since 2013. Five-time Rookie of the Week. Second in the conference with 11 total touchdowns, 10 rushing, and one receiving as well. And all-purpose yards, 1,288. I'm selling this guy to you because he's a talented running back. You just don't amass that level of yardage. You got to be good. Whatever level you play, you got to be good to get numbers like that. And Coach is a running back guy. He has a specialty in running backs, and so – I asked Coach about what makes Davis so special. What What's the challenge of, about him? You know, I think, obviously, my, my background with, with running backs is you, you got to be able to make people miss. Um, it's 11 on 11. Unless you run the ball with a quarterback, somebody's going to be unblocked. In today's game, it's very hard to block every single person on the field for the amount of time that you need to to create the lanes um, so he can make people miss. He's shifty. Um, and he can get the first two steps in the ground. You look at the really, really good running backs, regardless of how they start, they're able to get the first two steps in the ground. I think you contrast between, you know, a Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell, who had a little bit slower pace but was able to get the first two steps in the ground, and then you look at more of a shiftier guy, you know, Alvin Kamara, who starts a little bit faster. He falls somewhere in between. You know, he's got really good vision, uh, really good body and balance control. He can get the first two steps in the ground. He make people miss. Um, Whenever that happens, you, you got to make sure you do all the right things on defense. You got to have gap control. You got to make sure you short stride, long stride, close on the guy. You know, you can't be standing in space and give him time to make you miss. So the things that he has naturally, um, and I think they do a really good job with their scheme of putting him in position to make some plays. That's Coach Huff talking about Norfolk State running back J.J. Davis. Now, the death chart's out, by the way. It's not going to stay the same. Let's just say that up front. The depth chart will change. It will not be the same depth chart for the final game as it is for the first game. Let's just say that now. But it's out. 
we know Henry's going to be the quarterback. We know that without Rasheen Ali, it's going to be next man up mentality for the running game. There's some names on there you've seen before. But Coach talked about some of the names that, you know, now that the depth chart's out, some of the names that maybe you're not that familiar with, but you better start getting familiar with. And I talked about, uh, starting on the defense, I talked about Green McKnight, you know, after a couple scrimmages. Um, I'm excited to see him play. Um, Obviously, we've got some new um, guys in the secondary, the Normans, the Sams. Um, I'm excited to see those guys play. Um, I think Damian Barber is going to have some success. Um, he's a big physical guy inside. Um, you know, Anthony Watts is a guy who, who's been around here for, you know, a spring and you know, a semester now, and he hadn't played football really in a year and a half. Um, Isaiah Gibson is another guy who hadn't played, you know, in, in a while. Offensively, obviously, I'm, I'm interested to see how well Henry's going to do too. Um, I know everybody is. Um, I really am interested to see how well he's going to do. Um, I think some of the guys up front, Trent Holler, you know, I'm just talking new guys. Um, I'm excited, too. I want to see how Henry does. We all do. We want to see how he does. Another point that Coach made was not necessarily the guys you see in the ones and twos, but he's got a group of guys that he's excited to see. He sees them as the bullpen. That's what he calls them. They're like the bullpen guys. So they might get a call up. As I mentioned, depth chart could change. Starting rotation could change. There could be a rotation. So the bullpen guys, those are some of the guys that we're going to be keeping an eye on that we might see move up the depth chart. And then we've got a group of, you know, we call them bullpen guys who had some success and they're freshmen and young guys. Um, Javante Woods is a walk-on who showed up literally a week and a half ago and has been on the scout team and has done really good. Um, so we're going to try to see where we can get him in, maybe on special teams. He doesn't know the full defense yet. Um, Deani Hill is a young man who, who got here a little bit late, but he's here. He's done some really good things. Um, you know, Beasley, you know, Jalen Beasley, you know, Dink Jackson. Those are all guys who, for whatever reason, Got here a little bit late, so they were behind the eight ball as far as the scheme, but have done some really good things. Um, this is a long season. Um, as you know, you, you, the, the guys that run out there first on Saturday probably won't be the guys that run out there first at the end of the year. Um, so seeing those guys move around a little bit is going to be good. DeMarco Gibson's another long corner, um, big physical guy. Um, so it's, it's, it's really – I'm interested in seeing the bullpen, those guys who – Maybe they don't do anything Saturday to, to write home about, but, you know, by game six, seven, eight, you know, maybe they're a rotational guy. There might be some guys that show up. There might be some guys you might see down the line that start in the game or at least are on the two deep. Keep an eye on the bullpen, guys. We'll hear more from Coach later. But next, we're going to hear from Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. A new addition to his staff. It's a familiar name. We're going to talk to Coach about that and catch up with him as well. Upcoming schedule looks exciting for the Thundering Herd on the women's side. That's our guest when we continue. Tony Kemper coming up next here on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to the Tuesday edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I know the majority of talk this week is going to be about football, but Tony Kemper is not one to just sit still. He's doing things, and he joins us now on the program. I love it how right in the middle of the football news cycle, Tony Kemper news release uh, instantly means an invite to the program. And so here it is. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. When you add, you, you can't wait, even if it's during football season, to add good people to your program. So we got to get it out there and let the world know. So you made a hire, former Herd women's basketball student athlete. She hasn't been gone long, so you, did she really leave? Kennedy Colclaw has been added to your staff as a special assistant to the head coach, creative coordinator. So – First of all, what does a special assistant to the head coach do? <laughs> well, as as you know in college athletics, as we've added more staff to the job, then we have to come up with really creative ways to name them. And uh, that's a that's an off floor coaching position, and the NCAA only allows you to have three on floor coaching positions. And so, um, you know, Kennedy and the creative coordinator thing. She's going to work a lot of external stuff for us. So obviously she'll have a, a role in helping the players within our program. But really, um, we needed someone to help us, you know, really create more connections in the community. Um, she's going to be actively involved in like community service type stuff with us. Um, she will be helping us with all the social media things that go on now and trying to balance that. She's really creative. Um, she started kind of photography stuff on her own. Um, so she's interested in that world. And um, I think over time, you know, I know you have seen this throughout college athletics, how important that side of things is. So um, we're really excited to have her. She did. You're right. She did just kind of take a long vacation is what she did. Um, and she helped us a little bit over the summer, even um, in some of those pursuits. And and now she's here and getting after it full time. Is there any way that she can help on court? And maybe now and then you need an extra person out there to, to, to illustrate a point. You know, will she be able to serve in any capacity uh, like that, or is she going to be basically you know, doing things away from the court now? Yeah, so her, I mean, her job is is off the floor. And the way the NCAA rule works is you can only have three assistants in a coaching role on a daily basis. But they have changed some of our rules. Um, and now, so, like, let's say that Jenna Burdett is on the road in Florida um, recruiting on a particular day and is going to miss practice. Well, the NCAA has changed our rules to where we can put – an off-floor role onto the court that day. And so we'll be in that position of it. Maybe a little off. Tony Kemper's with us. Most of her responsibilities you're cutting uh, are going to be off the floor. You're, just, you're cutting out just a little bit, just to uh, give you a heads up. Um, so she can't, she can't, there'll be times where she'll be able to. It's just, you know, this is going to be a full-time. Uh, she's not going to be out there every day on the court like, okay, put me in, coach. I, I I can I can go up against this current crop of your team. I'll, I'll yeah. Let me show up. 
she can't do that, but if there's an opportunity, she'll be able to. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's going to be in and out, you know, and she she's just kind of a fill-in um, in those roles, and then she's going to have um, responsibilities, I guess. Most of her responsibilities are going to lie in things that are off the floor, you know, and she'll be, just as the title, she'll be kind of an special assistant to myself and our and our coaching staff on the basketball side of it. Tony Kemper is with us, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. So you bring Kennedy onto the staff. Was there a reason why specific? I mean, were you looking for, does she just fit and then the opportunity came and you wanted to elevate her, bring her back to this position? Or, you know, was there a search for someone that could fill this need? I mean, was she all along the person that you were hoping that you could bring in for this position? Well, she she won the job, basically, is how you would say it. And, you know, we knew that we were adding a position sometime in the middle of the summer, and we uh, we knew what we were trying to fill in terms of kind of where we felt the hole was. And um, like I said, she was, she was helping us in some of those roles um, at the time. And so it wasn't uh, – it wasn't a named internship or something like that, but we did get a chance to see her, um, you know, operating in the environment that we needed her to be in now. And so that part was, was good and made it easy to, uh, you know, to, to put her in the role and, and I guess promote her to a full-time spot. My guest is Tony Kemper, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. Now we're a few months off, not that far. You know, we're just a, a stone's throw away from September, which means – not much further away from November as uh, you open up on the road with Purdue. Then you've got an interesting non-conference schedule. I haven't had a chance to really catch up with you and talk about that, but you start things off at Purdue. Usually you want to start off easy, Coach. You want to start off and ease your team into this. Um, that's not you. Well, it, it, we're excited about it. I mean, I, you know, they – it's, it's a bulletin board material, right? They got us last year down there at their place. And, um, you know, I think the opportunity to play them was, was good again. And, and I think we learned a lot at the game last year. You know, we put, I don't remember dates and things like this. But we basically played Purdue and Michigan State back-to-back last year. And um, if you go back and look at the scores, Purdue, we, were, we hung in there the whole game, never, never – uh, got over the hump in terms of lead and stuff, but we grew a lot out of that game and, and we went to Michigan state and really played well at Michigan state. And that was a tight game throughout. And, uh, we had the lead multiple times throughout it. It was kind of came down to one possession here and there with about a minute to go. So, um, I liked the way Purdue played, played us last year. They, they really physically got after us. I thought, I thought it was great for us as a team to play against them. And so it was a, really good opportunity to start the season against them this year. And so we'll head back and um, we'll see if we can see if we can learn anything this year. Did you have to do anything with this schedule to tailor it so you can feel like you're ready for the Sun Belt? Or was this the schedule and it is the schedule and there is nothing really changed about it to to get into the Sun Belt? You're going to roll with what you got and your schedule is going to be what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, you know the league we played in last year prepared us well for for you know moving into the Sun Belt. The Conference USA is a good league in women's basketball, so is the Sun Belt. Um, so I think from our standpoint, you know, it was 
we needed to build a schedule that that you're right gets us ready um, to play hopefully successfully in the Sun Belt, and I think this one does. It's got you know, like you said, it's got the Purdue game. We also have some really good home games against um, you know traditional powers in women's basketball. Right, State's been good um, the past you know decade or so. Chattanooga, Tennessee, Chattanooga at home, uh, Duquesne. There's really good home games in, in Huntington as well that I think are very similar to level of competition in the Sun Belt. So uh, we've got some challenging road games, um, South Florida, Purdue. Those are two two really good women's programs. And uh, you know we've got a three-day back-to-back-to-back down in Savannah that I'm excited about. Um, hopefully we have some fans that go with us to, down there. Savannah's great. And uh, you get to see a lot of basketball in a short window. So we're, we're excited about the schedule we put together. And I think it does prepare us well for the challenges of a, of a brand new league. Tony Kemper's with me, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. The Thundering Herd court has been a thing people have talked about. What's the court going to look like? Fans get into that. I know you don't really care whatsoever about any any improvements to the floor or painting or anything going on at the Henderson Center, you know, you're, you're not even bothered by this new court that's, I guess, looks nice. Um, I mean, you're, you don't care, right? You just want to play. You, you're not really well, impressed I, with I all think, these improvements. I think that, uh, you know, as you know, you know, just looking around at some of the movements that's going on in it, the entire athletic department, there's a lot of stuff that's being updated and stuff that's moving in a direction that, um, it needs to go in, and I think the Henderson Center, um, you know, if you went to Gullickson right now, you would not recognize it. And that is long overdue um, in terms of, you know, bringing in the kind of student-athletes we need to compete at the top level of, of the Sun Belt. And things are getting better, and obviously Christian's been instrumental in really pushing forward with kind of like, you know, why aren't we working on that space over there? And um, so I know that it's going to help. Basketball, um, court looks nice. You're right. It's not the new one's not here yet, but when it does, it looks really good. Um, Gullickson's being updated, um, and things are moving in a really good direction. What is going to change? Maybe that you're most excited about that we haven't seen yet. I mean, this is your time now to to break some news. You know what? You know we've seen some. Yeah, a lot of sprucing up. I know that's going on and that's going to continue but you know the court may be the big visible thing what's going to change you think that's not visible that is going to be an asset to you or you know that fans should be excited about yeah i just think well so i've got two things for you one uh we're gonna we're doing season tickets this year for women's basketball so that's kind of a change from from the last couple years and another thing along with that is we are we're going to do floor courtside seats um, exactly in the same manner they do for the men's games. So I, I think that's going to right away, that's going to help atmosphere for women's basketball. We want to have a fun one over there. Um, you know, we want to have a good time. We need people in those seats, but um, it is a, it's a great opportunity. If you know, you like basketball, you like women's basketball, they are premium seats, comfortable seats um, to fantastic games. Um, at, at really what is a great price for for uh, premium seats like that. So we're adding that. And then I think, you know, the other thing is just kind of how you, how you carry yourself. And I've, uh, I've heard coaches, players, 
you know, use the use the term "look good, play good" um, before kind of an old an old quote. And I, I think that holds true with how we carry ourselves. And you see all the improvements that's being made. Um, you know, I think the sense of pride in Marshall is only increasing. And uh, we had a lot of it before, but I think there's even more coming. Tony Kemper's with me, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. Of course, Henderson Center, I think, long overdue for some sprucing up. Uh, and finally, I mean, just finally, you're getting a no longer, you know, will Ari Agnes be taping up your court. She's not going to be messing your court up anymore, Coach. They finally decided to give her her own floor so we can just leave your court alone. <laughs> well, I, you know – I'm learning about what what's the court called? Uh it's like this, I've never even seen one of those. Yeah, I, I I talked to her at her presser the uh the other day and it's uh it's the same surface that the, you see, you know, at like Olympic events. So it's going to have a little bit more give. It's going to be, you know, more suited for for volleyball. And so that's going to I believe go over your court to not damage your court, the the coach Kemper court. It is not the Coach Kemper court. Of all things that I know it's not, it ain't that. But I, I think it's exciting. You know, and I, it's kind of one of those facility improvements that is obviously going to help both sports. And it's something that I'm not familiar with, but I, I know that um, that Coach Agonist was excited about getting it. And um, that's probably right on the, you know, picking up and taking down the tape and things like that. I think it's going to help facilities and everything else. So I'm glad she, she tells me it's great. So I believe her. I'm not a volleyball coach, so I don't know that kind of stuff. Um, but I know she's excited to get it. Yeah. I just, I, I like where everything's going right now. And yeah, Gullickson excites me. The, um, the sprucing up of the Henderson center excites me as well. Cause you can't say this. I can, it needed to be done and it's being done. You you can say no yeah, I don't comment. Think there's any question. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's just it, it's not by it's not from a lack of not wanting to do it. It's just now, okay, let's just go ahead and attack this new league, new opportunity, uh, perfect time to to start accelerating some of these projects. And I'm sure there are things that are coming that haven't happened yet that you probably can't talk about. Feel free to, but. We probably haven't seen the last of everything that's probably going to happen to the Henderson Center. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're probably right, although I, I think the stuff that's going on is major, you know. And so if, you know, from what I know of what, what is going on with Gullickson, when, it, when it's done, we're going to have a premier practice facility in the Sun Belt, you know. And if we're going to compete at the top level of the Sun Belt, you got to begin to move those things. Um, to the upper echelon of the league. And I think that's where it's moving towards right now. And so I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm excited to see these come to completion and then, you know, where the where the next next thoughts are as well. Let me ask you, why is that so important? You practice on the floor that you play on on game days, but why is it important to not say practice on that floor and practice somewhere else a practice facility what what does that do for a team why is that essential yeah so to really plainly about the henderson center you know and you've been in there most you know henderson 
it's a big, nice arena. One thing that's unique about about it is you can't push any of the bleachers back on the side. You know, so what you deal with when you practice in there is you pretty much have two goals. That's all you have to shoot on. So just overall ease of being able to take a team like our team has 16 this year. You know, you've got two goals and 16 players. It is difficult to put up a high level number of shots in a gym with two goals. Does that make sense? So the functioning of a practice once Gullickson is done, you know, there is, there's eight goals in Gullickson, you know, and so you can take a team of 16 and you can really put up a much bigger number of shots in a quick amount of time. And that's important. Um, there's value in both, right? So when things are perfect and running well, we're going to practice some downstairs, probably the day before the game. You're always going to want to be on Henderson shooting in the main arena courts or, or goals. Um, but I think all those other days, there's a lot of days in there where as a coach, you want to get a whole bunch of people, a bunch of shots. And um, when Gullickson is done and completed, uh, it's going to be a much better environment to do that. And that benefits also the men's team as well. So this is a benefit for both uh, student athletes, you know, men and women. And I mean, that's just, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You and you and coach will be, uh, you coach Dan Tony going to be fighting for that practice facility, right? It's going to be one practice facility for both, or, you know, is there going to be a men, yeah, men's area, women's area? You can, can you elaborate a little bit on how that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, that, you're right in that we're going to have to work together to make it work. And, and Coach Agonis is going to need in there as well. So we're going to have three sports. We're going to have a much better facility, and um, we're going to have to learn to to uh, maybe prioritize different days based on the the flow of our weeks um, and the days we want to be in there. And but that's something that you know, as an athletic department, we've been really good at that for years. And we're just going to now have a better facility to do it in. And so for that, I'm grateful and looking forward to that pro- problem, which is you know more people want to practice in there because it's it's so nice. Tony Kemper is my guest. He's the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team and a devout Chiefs fan. And um, you know, pretty soon, uh, you and me again can't be friends. It's it's coming up sooner than I am a think. devout Chiefs fan. That's well said. That is well said. Somebody asked me the other day, who do you cheer for besides Marshall? And I said, the Kansas City Chiefs. So you are you were right on with that. Exactly. I mean, like, okay, who's who's my number one? Well, it's Tony Kemper and, and the Marshall Thundering Herd, of course. After that, right. it's, it's it's in hockey, it's the Rangers, and, and football, it's the Bengals. I mean, it's a well-known fact. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like you're a little more complicated because I don't have that hockey thing weighing me down. It's just – you said – you told me you were in my office the other day. There's, there's one Patrick Mahomes cereal box in there. There's no, you know – there, there's no hockey stuff, soccer stuff. There's nothing like that to bog it down. It's just Marshall and Patrick Mahomes. That's all that's in there. I didn't see that. And like I said, I was uh, off air. I was telling Coach I was rifling through his stuff because you know the, the pressers are going to be right next door to his office, and I needed to know where the snacks were before and after the game since I guess I'm going to be up there a little bit more. I get to rifle through your stuff all the time now uh, for, for basketball games, I hear. <laughs> You didn't. If you missed Patrick Mahomes, you didn't do a very good job of rifling. I was trying to be a little right. respectful. I mean, a little respectful. Understood. Understood. Well, you're welcome anytime when you're up there close. 
And uh, I do keep the snacks hidden away so that, uh, you know, curious people like yourself can't find them easily. Fair but enough. I, I can let you know where they're at. I appreciate that. We'll talk to you soon, Coach. Have a great uh, rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you at football on Saturday. Sounds good. Thank you. Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. We've got more coming up. We'll wrap it up with your phone calls and texts when we continue on this edition of The Drive. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment. Tomorrow on the program, we'll hear more from Coach Huff as we get set for Marshall, Norfolk State. That's coming up Saturday. We'll have the game for you here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. One other thing that came out from Marshall today, there is a new initiative. Marshall is trying to help local nonprofits. You have an opportunity now to purchase Marshall football donation tickets. These are tickets that will go to nonprofits. I don't have a list yet of those nonprofits. I have asked. Hopefully, we'll get one in the future. But these tickets are charities that work with the 16 sports within the Student Athlete Advisory Committee or the Thunder Trust, which is the NIL Trust. And these donation tickets are going to be sold online, and you can also get them through the ticket office. $10 per ticket. Every ticket sold will be donated to one of the local charities. And again, I I don't have that list of the local charities. I I did ask. It's probably not complete, so that's why I don't have it yet. But uh, hopefully we can get that in the future and just kind of get a list of some of those charities or if this is going to be a little bit more of a free-flowing thing as far as uh, maybe the charities will change. But this is something that the university and the athletic department is doing with these tickets. And plus, it gets more fans in the stands. I mean, it's $10 for the tickets. I don't know where the seating will be exactly for these, but $10, you get into the stadium, you know, what happens then? Well, you get thirsty, you want to buy a drink. You, you get hungry, maybe you buy you buy a hot dog, you buy a slice of pizza, you buy something else there, and you spend some time in the stadium, you spend a little bit more money, yeah, and you fill up the stadium a little bit more. So if you're interested in participating, you head over to herdzone.com, and there's a link there where you can, uh, you can do this. And again, it's $10.00 per tickets. It is the Marshall University uh, It's donation tickets. These are football donation tickets. I don't know if this will carry over to, say, basketball. Maybe this will be an opportunity there as well. But $10, pretty good deal for you. If you, you want to contribute to Marshall, the tickets will go to a, a local charity and hopefully a lot of Herd fans uh, will take advantage of this, and we'll see some people maybe that uh, don't usually get an opportunity to go to football games. Because there are a lot of people maybe would like to go, but it's maybe it's not in the cards, budget. I know tickets are, yeah, to some tickets might be inexpensive. To others, hey, the, you know, that's, um, you know, I really can't spare that. Because if it's just a single ticket, you know, maybe you go, and that's fine. It's like me going to the movies. Like okay, if it's just if it's just me, it, yeah, it's 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 okay. It's not gonna break break the bank, but it's it's not exactly cheap these days. But if you take more than one with you, it starts to add up. So here's an opportunity maybe to help some herd fans who uh, would like to go to the games and maybe can't, and this will be an outreach for them. We'll try to get more on that as well. Just kind of get an idea where these charity uh, tickets go. That does it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.